Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Matt Basta. How are Hello. you doing this holiday season, Matt? Um, I'm I'm doing alright. Uh you know, still at home, still in my apartment. Um Certainly. A lot of yes. drugs. Oh Jesus. Just a lot of drugs. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. Uh Bassa Claus brought the snow this year. No, that's not true. Uh, well, that's um, the thing. It's it's <laughs> hot topic and uh, very topical to know that Santa Claus has COVID this year, so Bassett Claus yeah. had to step up to the plate. That's pretty exciting. Bassett Claus also has COVID. I, oh no! I should, I should clarify, but he he's also not self isolating. So oh man, I don't think it's that's very problematic. Made it to the mainstream media quite yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I hope my employers don't listen. To oh no, for sure. Uh, but yeah, we just got our Christmas tree in our household, so that's exciting, and we have a little kitten, and we're hoping to God he doesn't want to climb the thing, but our other two cats are acclimated to Christmas trees. Hopefully we can, uh, train this guy to enjoy them without destroying them. But, uh, yeah, the, I'm in good spirits. How about you? I'm, I'm doing all right. I played some games. Uh, oh, right. Since, since the last time I was on, which was last weekend? Uh, about well that's the thing this month we're throwing out some bonus episodes so it might be off an episode or two but i'm excited to hear that you've been playing some games in fact for anyone new this is a video game podcast so let's go round table (laughs) and talk about what we've been playing uh matt you can start it off yes it's just just across the table that's true there's only two of us yeah um (laughs) well so in my continued series of basta plays games that he saw on Instagram ads, so you don't have to. All right. Um, am I going to get a jingle for this? Yeah, I'm going to try to find one. I think okay. it is jingle worthy. So the point of this segment is that I get advertised to a lot on Instagram and sometimes Twitter for what seem like shitty games, right? For a long time, it was those like pull the golden pins out of this thing and like try not to have lava fall on your night or whatever. Or like yes. there's a little fish and like you don't want the fish to end up in sewage or some bullshit. And I, I've seen less of those. I heard that the company that makes that game um games whatever uh got sued for false advertising because um what they advertise is actually just like an imperceptibly short mini game in a much larger less exciting game yes um in any case i i still get a lot of like instagram story advertisements for for games that seem like fun um but like in the back of your mind, you've got this nagging feeling that the game is is just going to be a piece of shit. So uh, I played two games. Um, one is good. One is not good. Um, the differentiating factor here is that one of them <laughs> I paid money for. Oh, no. Uh, and so the one that I paid money for, as, as you might guess, is good. We'll talk about that one last. Okay, excellent. Um, so the game that I played, which was not good, uh, not to color your opinion of it beforehand, but this better Let's not be, be the frank. game I was going to bring up later. We'll see. <laughs> so this this game is called Match 3D. Okay. Um, and it actually, it's it's a really fun concept. I enjoyed playing it for about four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the premise of the game is that you're on a solid color background screen, and it piles on just a 
big pile of junk. And the junk are all these uh, roughly equal-sized objects, and there's two of everything. So they've got a soccer ball, a pair of dice, a pair of dog bones, a little table, um, a little drum, a little cow head, um, you know, just like shit like that. An apple, yeah. an orange, a banana, a book, right? And the idea is you've got to find the matches and drag them to the bottom of the screen together. So you find your carrot and the other carrot. You find your drum and the other drum. Um, you have a certain amount of time to complete the level in, and you get stars for every match that you make. If you make matches within a certain period of time of the previous match, you get bonus stars. So the, the first match that you make would be one, and then if you complete the next match within a, a, a couple seconds, you get two stars, and if you complete the next match within a few seconds, you get three stars, and then four stars. Um, if you don't do it in, in that time, you start back at one star again. Okay. Um, so the goal is to get as many stars as you can. Um, I don't really know what the stars are good for. It's sort of unclear. There's a, like a handful of in-game currencies. Which, oh, I hate that. Uh, yeah, it's like you've got any your more stars than two and is just confusing. And diamonds and it's like you know, fuck you. Like yeah. So the game is actually quite good um, in the sense that the concept is very fun. You've got this giant like 3D physics simulation where it's just like a pile of shit you've got to like rummage through with your fingers and find the matches and there's a whole bunch of things you got to match and um you've got a certain amount of time to do it the games are very short um it's like less than one poop worth of time so if you're going to bring your phone into the bathroom with you like perfect sort of game for that the thing that ruined this game well two things um one more egregious than the other the ads. Yep, I I could have predicted that. Yep, are obnoxiously bad. Um, and it's it's not just that. Oh, you see an ad at the beginning and end of every level, which is the case. It's that they're the first of all they're the like two step ads where you've got to like watch a little ad about something and then you've got to like wait fifteen more seconds or something. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's always that fucking word game where you yes, get wordscapes. Like, a circle of I've light. seen yeah. it. Oh yeah. How much money does wordscapes have to burn? Like, honestly, I, I had it. I played it. It's not that fun. No. It and doesn't train your brain to do anything. Yeah, they literally, their advertisement for that game is, play this game 10 minutes every day and you'll get smarter. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and, and, and the advertisement is the same level of wordscapes every time. It's like, oh, I'm going to spell think. Yep. Great. Oh, it's frustrating. <laughs> so that's really fucking annoying. And you have to do that at the beginning and end of every level, pretty much. But... Even more egregiously, you're playing through this level. Let's say there's 100 objects that need to be matched, right? So there's 200 objects total on the screen. Sure. You've got four and a half minutes, five minutes, right? After a certain number of matches, it forces you to watch an ad. So it takes you out of the game. Uh, In the middle of one of these timed levels, No it way. hides the game board from you, and it forces you to watch a two-step ad before like on the clock? On the clock? Well, no, you're you're not on the clock. It pauses the. It clock. does pause. Okay, that it does even pause still. the clock. <laughs> yeah, but if this was just a game where you didn't have to like keep a mental model of everything on the screen, fine, whatever, right? You play in you know Sim Tower. You're playing Farmville. You're playing one of these stupid games where you got to like group the three objects together to like, you know, whatever. Yeah. 
But this is this is a game where you have to like stay focused and concentrate, and then they force you to like spend forty five seconds watching an ad. And I just can't think of anything more frustrating. Now you can pay like six or seven dollars to get rid of ads. Wow. Okay. I was gonna say usually the price to get rid of ads is around two, three bucks. And depending on the game, I'm eager to be like, I'll just support this because I want to. But six or seven seems a bit steep. It's a little steep. Yeah. And and then on top of that, if you run out of time, you lose a life. And then the lives recharge after a certain period of time. That's familiar. I'm pretty sure like a lot of these games uh, limit how much you can play the game. Exactly. <laughs> and so then, of course, you get notifications when your lives are regenerating. Yes. And, you know, so that's annoying. And then, of course, you can pay money to get more lives. And, like, it is just the sleaziest, most fucking frustrating thing and here's here's the worst part i would pay seven dollars to play this game right if they just made it a paid game and not like not free you pay seven dollars to download and install it and it's just the game there's no you know paid stuff maybe like cosmetic things you know one of the things i was talking about with max is like if they had made this game so that you could download different packs of objects yeah. Um, instead of the default, you know, like dice, hamburger, heart, cow head, whatever, I would pay money for that, right? Get some like fun Pokemon themed, you know, like, whatever. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, charge me $2 for a different set of, of objects. I would do it, right? I would yeah. pay for this. But instead, they have come up with a model which is so immensely frustrating. And I know people will just sit here and, you know, deal with the ads or whatever, but Fuck me. What a Yet, what a bad ads have ruined video games. They uh, have well for, specifically for mobile games, yeah, mobile definitely. Games. Um and it's funny you say you would pay the seven dollars just outright for the game, but to them as developers, they're probably going, Oh, but no one will play our game this way because yeah. the, as long as it's free, everyone's at least downloading it, giving it a chance, giving it that four minutes and seeing if they want to play this more consistently. Uh yeah, it just sounds like a shitty situation it's, all around. It's so it's so fucking bullshit. What's the better game? So the the better game is uh, it's called Package Inc. Um, okay, and I'll, I'll I'll list the negatives up front. Um, so the negatives it it's sort of unclear how to play. It's by a company called InfinityGames.io. Um, it is oh, it doesn't show me the price because I already have it installed. Oh no, this is the light version. The light uh, version's free. The light version is free. Um, the light version is not what you want. Uh, get, get the full version. That is $4 and 49 cents. It's nothing, right? Like yep. you will get your $5 of entertainment out of this game. Trust me, spend the money. <laughs> yeah. This um, looks really interesting. So these games, uh, are hard to understand. Um, you, th- it has a little bit of a tutorial built in, but I will say it is not enough. Um, it is unclear how some of the mechanics work and they don't really explain it. And like, I don't have the patience to go and watch a a YouTube video with a walkthrough. Yeah. Um, So there's a lot of like frustration involved in like these, these black box 
style simulations. The other thing is that it's a little bit buggy. Um, every now and then the game will crash in the middle of a, a round, which isn't so much of a problem. Um, sometimes it'll save your progress a little bit, but you, you can lose progress. So um, the premise of the game is that you are sort of a logistics company, think like Amazon. Um, there's a main hub in the middle of the game map uh, where packages spawn from. Um, and then connected to that main hub are smaller hubs. Um, the main hub can have five connections. The smaller hubs can have four connections. And then connected to those smaller hubs, you connect stations. There's four different stations per map. Um, each of them is a different color. Uh, so usually it's like pink, orange, blue, and green. The colors vary, the names of them vary, but functionally it's all the same. Okay. Um, and the idea is packages appear at the center hub um, and they need to be routed to stations of that color. So if you get an orange package, you got to deliver to the orange stations. And so packages will travel along the connections from the main hub to the smaller hubs to the stations. Now, what makes this game interesting and challenging is that the connections can only handle so many packages at a time. So it's like X per second. Oh, cool. And the uh, various nodes can only have so many packages outbound from them at a time. So if you have a hub and it's connected to four things um, and the connections for all of those are slow, the, if the hub is accepting more packages, eventually it's going to go over its limit. So everything has a limit. Uh, so the, the hubs by default can handle f five packages at a time. If you get six, you lose that sixth package. Um, you can lose up to 10 packages before you get a game over. That's the oh, only okay. lose condition for the game. So you don't want to lose packages. Um, what you can do is you can upgrade your main hub, your smaller hubs, and your stations. You can upgrade either the capacity or the speed. The speed basically says anything connected, any of the connections attached to this station, hub, whatever, can transmit more packages per second. Uh, so that is like the default way you want to increase the speed on everything because it means that your packages will move faster and there's less of a backlog to work through. Then there's capacity. If you've got a hub which is connected to a lot of different stations, um, it's going to be accepting a lot of packages at a time. And so you want to increase the capacity so that you don't lose packages. Totally. Um, so that's sort of the basic premise of the game. Where it gets interesting and complicated is that Stations can connect to hubs. Hubs can connect to the main hubs. But hubs can also connect to each other, and stations can connect to each other. So if you have, um, for instance, like uh, your main hub, and then a smaller hub, and then an orange station, and then a green station, that green station might be connected to a different hub as well. But if there's things on the green station's hub that need to get to the orange station, it'll go through the green rather than going hub, main hub, hub, orange. So it'll right. take the shortest path through your network. Okay. Now this is this is where the, the challenge of the game comes from. Because like if it was just like this, if you remember like a networking class in, in high school or college. That's exactly you know, what this feels like, a, like a visualization yeah, of that. A star topology. If you go with that, you're going to have problems because you end up with um, not just packages spawning from the main hub, but packages spawning from the stations. So, for instance, if you put down hmm. a uh, 
purple station, it's accepting purple packages, but it might also be producing orange packages or green packages. So you've got to also handle the, like the return. So if a purple station produces a green package, that green package has to be routed back through your network to a green station. Right. Um, so there's this like interesting NP complete challenge of like designing a, a network, which is efficient given the current package spawning conditions. Right. Um, and so th there's, there's definitely a lot of challenge. You, you have, uh, you earn coins for every package that you deliver. Um, and then, uh, you can use those coins for upgrades. Um, it's really fun. Uh, the win conditions for each level, each level is a different city. Um, the win conditions, there's, there's three, usually it's like, uh, build a certain number of hubs, deliver a certain number of packages, and you know create a certain number of upgrades a certain number of times. So it'd be like deliver 2,100 packages, add three new hubs, and uh, upgrade speed 18 times or something. Okay. Um, and that's how you get three stars, and that's how you unlock the next level. Um, it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. Um, the games are fairly short, but they can theoretically go on forever. Um it, it, it's it's just a, a an all like if you're like me and you like these sort of simulation strategy games, um, you can pause it. You can uh, think about your next move. You can um, sort of decide what you're going to do and build and then unpause it and see how it works. Um, you can go into like a fast forward mode. So it, it, it's it's very cathartic. Um, there's other features of the game which I haven't talked about, uh, like little bonus areas and like windmills that you can build. Um, if you're into this kind of game. Pick it up. It's less than five bucks. You'll get your five bucks worth of entertainment out of it. I promise. Yeah, and if you're on the fence, I mean, you could try the light version for free. But I have a feeling uh, if you enjoy it whatsoever, you're going to want to buy the full outright game. Yeah, I, I will tell you, it's it's worth the five bucks. Um, awesome. Yeah. Even, even if it's not your 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 flavor of game, you know, the it, the developers have done a really great job. Uh, the controls are a little iffy sometimes. The uh, the graphics are beautiful. They've got uh, the the only in game purchases that you can make are cosmetic like skins for the maps. Um, what's really awesome is that you can try out the paid skins three times each. Uh, so there's a night mode and then there's a, a uh, like a weather mode. Oh, um, cool! You can try them out three times, see how you like them. If you do like them, you can purchase them. I don't think they're more than a couple bucks each. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely pick it out. They, they, they did a really awesome job. Very cool. And while we're on the topic of mobile games, I actually have a mobile game I'm going to contribute tonight. And in fact, oh, nice. I think I brought it up on a previous episode very recently, but at that point I had only just installed it and didn't get around to playing it very much. But it's a game called Dear My Cat. And I remember when I brought it up to Bren, he said it reminds him of Goddess a lot. So I have a feeling maybe you'll be interested in this. But then again, it is one of these just tap games where it does all the collecting for you. And I remember saying uh, at the time of that recording, I was like, this game's re reminiscent of that aquarium game I was playing for a while there. Uh, it was called Abyssrium. And it turns out it's by the same developers, Flaro Games. So that actually hmm. makes a lot of sense to me. But uh, after playing a handful of Dear My Cat... It's just the perfect chill game for me. I feel like I just leave it up on my phone in the background and I watch like the numbers go up. It's, uh, one of those games where you, uh, you 
collect cats. <laughs> it's very fun. You can this give them what like, I do in real life. Well, that's well, same. I just got a kitten uh, not that long ago, and it's very a little bit hectic here right now. But uh, they're getting used to things. Uh, but no, you can give like accessories to your cats. It's all just like a farming game where like you like if they're the cats are happy, a little harder heart will appear above their head, and you click that to collect their heart points. Uh, there's also other like gold currency or something that uh, accumulates as you uh, build your island. It's this floating island of cats, and they're all just chilling. And they, you can, like I said, customize them and make them happy by giving them treats and stuff. It's very just fun and relaxing. The music's chill. I I enjoy it thoroughly. So cool. if that even sounds remotely interesting or up your alley, check out Dear My Cat. It's a lot of fun. But like I said, it's not for everyone. If you're not the kind of person that just wants to tap your phone and be like, this is the game, it's not anything more than that. <laughs> Uh, I've already installed it on my phone, so yes. uh, I'll be checking it out uh, soon. I'll Please report back. My Th- review. That'll be good. And as far as like the console games I've been playing, I'm still going strong with Demon Souls on PS5. I did beat the Dragon God after stumbling quite a bit there. That was just a tricky one, uh, trying not to get burned alive. Uh, and now I'm in the Towers of Latria. I'm pretty sure that's how you say that, but that's one of my least favorite areas of the whole game. It's so challenging, but I will hopefully be wrapping that up soon. And obviously Cyberpunk came out very recently and I have my eye on that. I'm kind of just waiting to see how the bugs, uh, get fixed and everything i did see a day one patch or like a big patch go out recently so i think a lot of the complaints in the articles everyone's reading have been addressed hopefully but uh like i said just want to give that a little more time before i purchase it but a lot of the the things i'm reading are it's fine on pc and like the next gen consoles like ps5 but if you're playing it on xbox one and ps4 the graphics can get real bad but then again i'm also hearing people say on ps5 it's like hard crashing their system and they're losing save data progress so it's i i'm pretty sure i saw an article by jason schreier being like these triple a game developers need to admit that their games are in early access because like i know they had all these delays and stuff but they're still just releasing a game that's buggy as hell yeah i mean you're gonna get that um you know the the default unfortunately has been video game companies uh putting out things to to satisfy their customers but you know we hear all the time about the crunch uh, with with these companies and games are getting bigger, right? But that doesn't mean that games are becoming easier to develop. Um, I have a lot of empathy for folks who, uh, who work on games, you know, like the process of modeling and 3d is not getting any easier. In fact, it's probably getting more time consuming as graphics improve and the number of polygons that you can put on the screen improve because you got to spend more time adding more detail, making things more realistic, taking advantage of the new hardware, right? Everybody's talking about ray tracing. Ray tracing is going to look like shit if you don't put in higher fidelity uh, assets. Yeah. And so it really fucking sucks that, you know, what used to take, you know, let's say seven months to build now takes 14 months to build, 18 months to build longer. Um, and game companies are expected to, A, maintain the same price point. It's not costing the same to build these same games. Um, and also deliver it with the same fidelity uh, as as a game which has baked longer or was able to be put out in a shorter amount of time 10 years ago. I, I, my opinion is like, fuck AAA games, right? Yeah. At, at a certain point our expectation of what a AAA game should be is broken. Um, you know, it, in, in the year 2020, we just don't have the luxury of 
enjoying AAA games the same way they existed 10 years ago. Well, yeah, and Cyberpunk's a unique case with, like, this huge amount of hype surrounding it this whole time. Like, everyone's hyping this up to be, like, the next, like, I don't want to say Skyrim, but that was just, like, a huge game changer as far as, like, open world. Like, this is going to take that to the next level with, like, Night City and, like, every person you interact with. Like, apparently I'm hearing people say, like, every time they start a new playthrough, it's just been a different game entirely. I'm like, that's really attractive as a gamer. Yeah. But uh, I, I just have a feeling all that hype leading into this is just hard to match. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you think about, you think about um, how games have evolved and the most successful games, um, the games that we think about when we think of AAA titles that went well are based on predecessors, right? Oh, sure. Cyberpunk is, is not, based on something <laughs> right it's a new game wait um, i think well don't get me wrong i think there's a cyberpunk 2020 or something and it i don't know hold on i'm gonna look into this while we're talking about it because i do think there is something a, a cyberpunk game that people I mean, were just like not into whatsoever there might be precedent but the thing is it's it's not going to be the same game engine it's not going to be the same assets you don't have a starting point where you can say, okay, we've got a game engine that we can polish up and, and make better. Or if you did, it's got a, a significant enough delta between what you previously shipped and what you're going to ship that it's effectively starting over. Yeah, Cyberpunk 2020 came out in 1990, so I'm not even sure what yeah, system I'm that was. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that not a lot was reused. <laughs> no, for sure, yeah. Engine. Yeah, that must have been on PC or something. It's, it's unfortunate that we've sort of gotten into this position in the gaming industry, right? Like if you're going to play a game and you're going to get, let's say 200 hours out of it, we can't expect that game to be 60 bucks anymore. We can't expect that game to even be under a hundred bucks anymore, right? These developers are basically forced into selling these games at the same price point that they've been sold at forever. I think one of the interesting things that you look at like Warcraft, uh, you know, world of Warcraft, people still play it. It's still, sort of under active development and the way that they've managed to maintain that and maintain a high quality bar um, is by charging a subscription. And you don't see that these days with, with these modern quote unquote, modern AAA titles. No, the, the, the physical source code for these games is so much larger and they need to run uh, usually on a diverse set of platforms. And these platforms are becoming more complicated, right? You want to run it on PC, you want to run it on PS5. I can tell you what, a PC does not look like a PS5 when you're writing code. <laughs> oh, sure. You know, and I think one of the one of the bugs that I saw as somebody reporting um, online is they're like, when I installed Cyberpunk 2077, I didn't expect it to be filled with tiny trees. And they had all these screenshots of like, these tiny tree models just like loaded into random places in the game, like indoors and on the facades of buildings. Sounds like my Christmas tree, Matt. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and it, it turns out like it was an issue with NVIDIA drivers. But like the fact that that shipped to me is insane, right? Like, that the is. Fact that because you're just running some weird NVIDIA drivers, you just got like effectively a broken game experience is absolutely wild. Man, right? I wonder how that affected the genitalia slider. <laughs> so, I mean, we, on one hand, I want to say, like, we've got to cut these video game companies some slack. And on the other hand, I got to say, like, maybe we shouldn't have this expectation of having these games that come out and be absolutely massive and have every feature under the sun and do all sorts of wild stuff. You know, 
part of this is the culture of video games where we've come to expect that when the game comes out, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. What we need to do as a culture is expect less. Yeah. Lower your expectations. If you're listening to this podcast, you should be fine with that uh, notion. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if if you think you're going to come into this game and it's going to be a, you know, an open world map, the size of a small nation that, you know, every person you interact with is going to be a unique character with a personality that remembers everything that you do and has, you know, interesting dialogue and their own voice. And then you can change the dick length of every fucking (laughs) organism on the planet. Like, Yeah, of of course it's going to be shitty. <laughs> you know, like maybe the answer is have a smaller open world map. Maybe the answer is maybe all the characters don't have unique personalities. Maybe, you know, it's the case that some of the NPCs <laughs> are the same. And, you know, people don't want to hear that. But if you are able to iterate on the game and release updates and patches, you know, you're going to end up with a game that comes out and is not effectively early access. But nobody wants to hear that, right? Nobody wants to pay for a game that's not going to be at its peak when it comes out. Nobody wants to have the game that's not at maximum coolness that they can stream on Twitch and be the first to have it. Oh, for sure. And yeah, Cyberpunk is going for maximum coolness. They are bleeding the edginess. Uh, And I was wrong when I said Cyberpunk 2020 was a video game. It's actually a tabletop role-playing game so i'm like oh that's interesting i'm curious oh, yeah that game engine definitely is going to port to the ps5 <laughs> yeah for sure but they did in 2007 make a mobile game cyberpunk arasaka's plot like this is the first time i'm hearing of that and at all so i, I guess yeah it might as well be a new franchise <laughs> yeah I, I i mean i i just don't know what else to say like you're not going to be playing this game, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. well, hey, it's coming out for Stadia, I think. Is so it maybe really? I will play it. Yeah, dude. Who, who well, the fuck that's. Knows? I was thinking to myself, is this game even capable of being played on Stadia? Are you playing anything else on that recently, or not you know, so I ha- much? I literally haven't even picked it up. Um, and by picked it up, I mean picked up the the controller. controller. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you need to pick up the the console to play it. Yeah. Um. But I mean. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, well, let's see. Let's see if there's anything going on in the gaming world. In fact, we did have a pretty big event of the Game Awards. Uh, apparently, Sephiroth is going to be in Smash, so that's pretty exciting uh, for anybody that's still playing Smash. I didn't really get into the Smash games. Are you a Smasher, Matt Pasta? Um, y- yes and no. Um, so... <sighs> Here's Sounds thing. like a no. <laughs> I, I, I play Smash, right? Like, I'm not terrible at it. I, I'm definitely not going to be, like, winning any awards. I, I have a Switch. Um, I don't have Smash for it. I have a Wii U. I have the version of Smash that was available for the Wii U. Okay. I have the, the version that was available for Wii. I played it on N64 extensively. Uh, I played it on GameCube extensively. Um, I don't think I had any of the, like, DS handheld consoles, so I can't say if, if there was a version that came after those. Um I enjoy it. I think the thing that is frustrating about Smash to me is that it it feels like it's the Madden of Nintendo. Like, it's the same game. Yeah, well, I it's feel the like same game. <laughs> they can't ever top this last one. This is like the the Smash of all Smashes, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, you, you quickly approach this asymptotic limit of what else can you put in there? 
right? Well, like, yeah, they're throwing Sephiroth in there. I feel like that was a huge win for the fans of Final Fantasy. They probably always wanted this, but it is so strange seeing Sephiroth's sword like in like Luigi's heart or something. It's like, what is this? What has this game become? But I guess there's yeah. all sorts of crazy characters involved now. And like, I, I get it, right? Like, it's fun. You, yes. you get to sort of mix up the the titles that you know and love, right? Having We Fit Trainer in there with you know, solid snake. Awesome. Sure. <laughs> like I, I have no problem with it as a franchise. I think the, the thing for me is like, I played city skylines for years. Right. And I played the absolute shit out of it and it's sort of done. Right. Like I, I don't really have any interest in playing it anymore because I finished it. And like, yeah. even if they come out with a new expansion pack that adds like, I don't know, hyperloops or whatever, like great. You know, maybe I'll check it out for 15 for 10 minutes, minutes, but I'm yeah. not going to pay 50 bucks for it, you know? Right. And so it, there, there's like this certain limit where it's it's still the same game. It's still the same Smash, just with different characters. It's effectively cosmetic changes. You know, you can make the argument that like, oh, there's new controls, there's new attacks, but like, I'm not a competitive player. I'm not going to go out and, you know, enthusiastically buy this thing. I'm, I'm not the sort of, you know, as people who listen to this show should know, I'm not the sort of person who gets like very nostalgic about, you know, legacy video game characters or, you know, right. Things from a bygone era, like bringing back video game characters from a, a, you know, a console three generations ago is not going to get me to buy (laughs) this game, right? Bringing more of the Disney franchise characters into smash is not going to make me buy this game. What they've really got to do if they want to bring folks like me into it is like change the way the game works. Right. As far as I'm concerned, the sort of 2D platformer uh, fighting game genre for Nintendo consoles, it's sort of done. <laughs> yeah, it's played out. Yeah, and like I- I'm more than willing to play a game where if they made it properly 3D, you know, um, great, awesome. I'll pick that game up. You know, if-, if you can make it good and make it fun, fuck it. Yeah, of course. Um, if they come up with some novel new features that make it challenging and interesting in ways which weren't just an incremental improvement on smash of the past. Fine. Fuck it. I'll, I'll jump in. Yeah. Give me Mario maker for smash brothers. Right. Yeah. I like that. But I think that would take off. What, what I'm not, I'm, I'm just, there's no way to get me excited about just a new version of smash. Well, yeah, I think the, the people that are excited are the Final Fantasy fans. So, like, yeah. if you're not I mean, a Final great. Fantasy fan, yeah. I mean, even if I was a Final Fantasy fan, like, I I, I, I haven't played a lot of Final Fantasy. I watched AJ play a lot of Final Fantasy in oh, college. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even if I was a Final Fantasy fan, it's like, it's not cool. Final Fantasy. It's, it's still Smash. It's still Smash with some graphics that make me nostalgic, right? Like, right. And eh. well, what's also adds to the confusion of it all is just like Sephiroth is like notoriously like an not impossible, but like a really hard boss in like the Kingdom Hearts franchise, F- Final Fantasy. He's just a total like badass. So like, I feel like everyone and, and anybody that's going to be playing this game competitively will most likely be maining Sephiroth from now on. And I wonder how that's going to affect the meta of the whole like game but who knows maybe they uh nerfed him pretty well yeah 
But yeah, that was just something interesting in the Game Awards. And that's the thing. There's a lot of games that I didn't really care about. And maybe when we have Bren on next, he can go on a rabbit hole about the games that he was excited about. But one that stood out to me is a game called Evil Dead, the game. And I remember during the Halloween season this year, we were talking about some horror movies. And I mentioned that I rewatched Evil Dead 2. Love that movie. It's so fucking classic. Ash, the guy with like a chainsaw for an arm and like a sawed off shotgun in the other hand. Uh, They're... I feel like we, they did make a Evil Dead game way back in the day. It might have been PS2 era. So it's been way overdue. And I was even thinking when we were talking about this movie franchise earlier this year, I'm like, how much of a cult following is there? And I, I never even got around to seeing the third installment, Army of Darkness. But apparently after watching the trailer of this game, you'll either be able to play as Ash or this like guy that's, I'm assuming from Army of Darkness, cause it's like a, a dude in medieval gear, like fully like just plate mail armor and has a sword and shit. And I'm looking forward to just maybe fucking up some like zombies with a sword or being Ash himself with the chainsaw and the shotgun combo. That game does look very promising. Obviously it's like an E3 trailer kind of deal where you don't see any gameplay whatsoever just like how pretty the graphics are and boy does that 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 does something for me that is some real nostalgic shit cool (laughs) (laughs) oh it's okay you never watched those movies um if i did they don't stand out in my memory (laughs) oh yeah they're they're very bizarre uh old school horror movie uh but yeah just some more zombie shit that's i feel like that was a lot of the stuff uh that we were seeing with the game awards so we can move on but there's only a couple other things i want to mention one thing uh specifically is this movie coming out called nobody and it stars bob odenkirk which to me when i think bob odenkirk i think of him as a comedian from the mr show days he was involved in the comedy bang bang tv show uh, with Bob and David on Netflix, this guy is just like a funny guy, but, and all, and also he did serious roles like in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, which actually I never got around to seeing, but I think that's more, maybe a little comedy. I could be wrong, but regardless, he's playing like a full blown action hero in this movie coming up. It, it's very reminiscent of like a John Wick, but take out Keanu Reeves and insert Bob Odenkirk of all people. And it's just a movie called Nobody. Check out the trailer. It, looks super badass uh i'm it's just like this guy that is not really a violent man at all just being fed up with shit and he's like all right i'm gonna kick your ass and that's the movie so i'm i'm excited for it cool yeah uh is there anything you want to mention before we maybe wrap this one up and do some plugs oh boy um yeah some interesting pinecast stuff on the horizon i Ooh. uh I, i have a feature like 80% 80% built, which I'm excited about. Um, the problem <laughs> is that uh, I- I'm in the middle of changing uh, the the vendor that I use to actually run the site. Okay. Um, oh God, I'm so fucking fed up with them. Oh, no. Um, so I-, I use this intermediary. Um, under the hood, everything runs on Amazon Web Services. But I use this intermediary called Heroku to actually run... Uh, the the servers. Yes. And Heroku has been great historically and they make it real easy to get started and they make it real easy to do deployments and testing and all this stuff. But they just have some real bad stability issues. And every time I write into their support, they just gaslight the ever loving shit out of me. And I I had a, a, a bit of an outage the other day for about a half an hour and I wrote into them and I was like, what happened here? And they're like, Oh, well, you should expect that. I'm like, yeah, what? what? 
And their answer to everything is like, if they don't know, they're like, have you installed new relic to see? And it's like, I'm not paying for new relic to determine that nothing's wrong and it's your fault so that you can tell me, Oh yeah, maybe, maybe there's something wrong, but we're not, you, you don't pay us enough for us to look into it. And it's like, well, you know what? I'll just move to AWS. So they spend a lot of time on that. Um, I think the net result is that hopefully I'll save a little bit of money, but the site will be more reliable and faster. Oh, good. Um, and so uh, that'll be an entirely transparent change to most folks. Nobody will really notice, but uh, hopefully, um, you know, if the Lord is willing and the creek don't rise, that'll be finished uh, by the end of this weekend. And then uh, hopefully by the end of the month, um, or I guess by the end of the year, uh, the new feature will be announced and shipped and um, you'll be able to use it. I have been playing with it. It's really cool. Um, oh, I wonder if... I, oh, no, I haven't played it. Um, I was going to say I would send you a, a cheeky little link to, to look at, but I don't, okay. I don't think it's running right now. No worries. Um, but yeah, um, stay tuned. Uh, more to come. One thing that's uh, hopefully also going to happen this weekend, Pod Chaser integration. Um, just uh, letting you one-click uh, list your show on Pod Chaser and, and link your, your listing. Um, that'll be in support of this feature, which is coming by the end of the year. Um, new analytics are coming uh, related to this new feature, so that's going to be neat. Um, yeah, damn, stay, busy stay, man. Stay tuned. I know, right? Very uh, it's cool like, it's stuff. Like it's a real business that uh, makes money, and I have to do stuff with it. Apparently, so, <laughs> <laughs> it's taken off over the years. That's very right. exciting. Um, okay, this is the last thing I have for us today, and it actually is a Lifetime original mini movie that aired yesterday at the time of this airing, and it's presented by Kentucky Fried Chicken, and it's a movie called. A Recipe for Seduction, starring Mario Lopez as Colonel Sanders. And that's the thing about this movie. I want to do air quotes, but you guys can't see it. It's only 15 minutes, and I feel like it's just like a very elaborate way to advertise Kentucky Fried Chicken as a Lifetime movie. It's very strange. In fact, the tagline is, we all have our secrets. His just happens to be a recipe for seduction. I hate everything about this. (laughs) Well, especially Mario Lopez with, like, the gray hair and trying to be – well, that's another uh, thing that this uh, movie poster does a disservice to. The woman on the cover, she's a beautiful woman. They don't mention her whatsoever. They're like, it's all about Mario Lopez. Well, I mean, I don't mind Mario Lopez. No, me neither. (laughs) He's handsome. Um, Yeah. Oh, God. You know, the – my interest in like corporate themed stuff sort of ended with the Burger King King. Yes. You know, and that was like 2005 and I don't know, maybe the zoomers are into this shit, but like, <laughs> apparently who is this? For? I'm, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just an old man at this point. I just don't have the, the patience. Um, yeah. It was know, goofy enough. Them. Yeah. That's what I mean. See, you know, it, I, they got, they got all their herbs and spices and frankly, you know, at this point, their chicken's good enough that they can fuck around with this sort of shit. Yeah, they're, good for them. They're <laughs> jealous of Taco Bell and Wendy's advertising abilities or their social media presence. So they're like, we're just going to make a fucking movie and have Mario Lopez in it. Deal with it. So yeah, that's something you can actually go look up and watch. 15-minute movie. All right, that's going to do it for this episode, though, guys. Uh, let's wrap this one up and do some plugs. Matt, where can our listeners find you if you want them to find them or find oh. you uh, and I guess uh, tell them about Pinecast a little more? Um, well, you can, uh, find me working on Pinecast and keeping Basta Claus's head out of the toilet. 
while he pukes off the drugs. Yeah, yeah. Off the drugs. Yeah. Um, getting him clean and in, in time for the holidays. Get that uh, vaccine. <laughs> yeah, Bas- uh flying high over the country, uh, delivering five G COVID vaccines. <laughs> All the good boys and girls. Um, no, you'll find me uh, on Twitter at Matt Basta, M-A-T-T-B-A-S-T-A, working on Pinecast. Um, I don't have a coupon code right now, but... Um, one yeah. of these days we will, when we one have of, you back. <laughs> one of these days I will, yeah. Good luck. Uh, very appropriate for the holiday season. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, and listener, if you like our show, give us a like, follow, subscribe. We're findable at all the places at ABT Silence. Uh, Twitch streaming pretty regularly at twitch.tv slash ABT Silence. A variety of games over there. And I have a record label. It's missedoutrecords.com if you want to see what's available in the store. Uh, yeah, check it out. But that's going to do it for this week. We'll be back next time. See you guys. Bye.